Welcome back to the Play On Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Stavros. Today we'll be speaking with Kirk Bookman, the lighting designer for our season productions of A Midsummer Night's Dream, Treasure Island, Guys and Dolls, and The Tavern. He has previously designed for the Utah Shakespeare Festival during our 2015 and 2016 seasons. Kirk has designed the lighting for Broadway and Off-Broadway productions, as well as the New York Symphony production of Company, starring Neil Patrick Harris and Patti Lapone, and most recently, the Budapest Ballet. Regionally, Mr. Bookman has designed at such theaters as Goodspeed Opera House, Cincinnati Playhouse in the Park, the Pittsburgh Public Theater, and Repertory Theater of St. Louis. His website is www.kirkbookman.com. And we're here at the Play On Podcast with Kirk Bookman. Kirk, John, thank you for joining us. Thank you, and good morning. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Kirk, uh, amazing lighting designer. We're grateful to have you with us. Um, as we get started today, I was wondering if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself. What uh, what got you interested in lighting and design, and uh, how did you make your way to the Utah Shakespeare Festival? Well, uh, the thing I, I've never really figured out how it was lighting, but I do know that uh, in high school, or maybe junior high school, they took us to see a production. They took us to the Cleveland Playhouse for the afternoon. And they took us to a rehearsal room and we watched some actors rehearse and, oh, this is a bit boring. <laughs> and then we saw a matinee and all of a sudden everything was alive. I mean, the sets were beautiful. Everything was focused. Uh, and all of a sudden everybody's, oh, there's lighting. There's, you know. <laughs> uh, and then I started doing lighting in the high school plays and it's the only thing I've ever, ever wanted to do. And, um, at one point, my piano teacher asked me what I wanted to do for a living because I clearly was not going to be a piano player. <laughs> and I said, oh, I want to be a lighting designer. And she said, oh, Kirk, you're going to have to be a director because she had been a rehearsal pianist with the Chicago uh, Opera. Uh -huh. And at that point in time when she was working, the directors did the lighting. So there was about three weeks when I thought, oh, I'm going to have to learn how to direct if I want to do the lighting. <laughs> and someone straightened me out and said, no, that was very old school and that uh, lighting designers light and directors direct. And they worked together. But the point was, there was three weeks when I thought I was going to have to learn how to direct if I wanted to do the lighting. <laughs> the worst three weeks of yeah. your life. Okay. <laughs> um, so what, I mean, drilling down a little more, what was it, do you think, about lighting specifically that captured your imagination and captured your excitement that way? Well, it, it really is an on and off situation with lighting. I mean, without the lighting, it's just plain. And you turn the lights on and all of a sudden everything just comes alive. And uh, you can tell, you can help tell the story. Uh, you can move a play or a production along very quickly, even much more so than scenery. I sure. mean, even with motorized scenery, you know, scenery still lumbers across the stage. And my apologies to all of my scene designer friends, but the point is lighting can move much faster. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you brought up st the story. Talk about how uh, you see lighting uh, playing that role in, st in the collaborative storytelling that is theater. What, what, uh, what do you, how do you see it coming together? How do you see your role in telling the story? For me, there are a couple things that I always pay attention to and feel it's one of my jobs is to really focus the audience's eye where to look. Uh, what time of day is it? Uh, does the play take place all at night? Is it morning, afternoon, evening? Or are we just going to break the rules and always have beautiful pictures? Uh -huh. And I have to decide which, what's it going to be, or how do I cheat? Uh, and uh, and also helping the scenery move along. I mean, when the scenery is moving, sometimes it's not attractive, so we have beautiful transitional cues. Or sometimes we like the scenery as it's moving. So it's it's about 
keeping the show moving. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've worked in theater a long time, and I've thought about it, I suppose. But I mean, the idea of something so simple as time of day and how important that plays, it, how important that can be in a role relative to what the other storytelling. Um, that's really, really interesting. I love the idea of focus too. That you know, we, you know, going back to those those three weeks of your life. That you know, a director talks. We get talked to a lot in school as directors about focus and you know, building stage pictures in a place that the audience can follow the story. But what I'm hearing you say is that's all fighting. That's good. But there can really that element can really be added yeah, totally. with the ability of lighting. Totally. That, that you provide an additional level of focus. Yeah, and it really is about putting the energy where the audience should look. It's not always just putting the light right there. It's like, how do you paint the picture around it so everyone else isn't in the dark, but the audience is knowing where to look, and that's the secret. Well, it's um, uh, the idea of, I like that you said painting. I remember taking the one lighting design class I took, uh, and for our listeners, if you haven't ever sculpted in light, for lack of a better word, um, it's different than, I mean, when you're mixing colors and things specifically, uh, you know, we think of the three primary colors in painting as uh, red, yellow, and blue, right? Mm -hmm. But for you, that's not <laughs> the case, is it? What are the three primary colors for lighting? Uh, yeah, red, blue, and green. But nowadays with uh, LED fixtures, it's a completely new scheme. And it's back to what you were talking about what, in terms of what you learned in school. So I now have to work with two complete different theories of lighting with the new modern equipment oh, that we man. have. Oh, yeah. uh, that, yeah. Well, I did, yeah, that now, now my brain is fully yeah, broken. Exactly. About that. <laughs> well, uh, so talking specifically about your, the shows here, um, you're, you're the light designer in the Randall Jones Theater, right. our indoor theater, um, which means the shows that you're designing for this year are Treasure Island, Mids A Midsummer Night's Dream, and Guys and Dolls. Uh, do you... You know, you, you've worked at a lot of repertory theaters, a lot of places. Do you like designing multiple shows all at the same time like this? Is there is there something about it that's fun, or is it just you're designing three shows at the same time? No, it's it's fun. I mean, it's it's like doing a puzzle. It's like going when you do a regular play, it's a small puzzle. When you do three shows in rep, it's the puzzle as big as a dining room table, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a puzzle, and you have to really figure out your priorities. Uh, here at the here at the Utah Shakespeare, you know we have a repertory situation. There is not a lot of time to turn around between shows. That's the given. That's not going to change. No matter how much I want six hours to refocus the lights, it's not going to happen. Nope. Matinee at two, right, uh, evening show at eight. Totally, totally, and that's the given. Uh -huh. So that's that's a big piece of the puzzle. Like, what are the priorities going to be? What can I hang? How many lights can I hang where the scenery's left me space? where, and also have to consider where the theater lights can go. I mean, there's certain places in the theater you can't hang lights. There's certain places where you can hang lights, but those lights don't hurt every part of the theater. So that's another piece of the puzzle. So those are the kind of things I have to take into account. And then I have to decide, what is going to be the look of each of the shows? They, they can't look the same. Sure. And we can't change every gel. Yeah, for every show. I mean, it'd be great to have the most wonderful color palette for Guys and Dolls to make it look like a a modern day musical with an old fashioned story. For Midsummer, it'd be great if every gel had the most beautiful blue in it because it all takes place at night. Uh -huh. You know, that would be great. And for Treasure Island, it'd be great if every light could either be bright yellow for sunlight and the other half, you know, moonlight blue. But we can't do that. So. We have to pick our priorities. Well, I'm glad you brought up those the the sort of three elements of the show or the three sh 
shows and specifically the uh, the way that they interact with each other. What did become sort of your your anchor point in terms of design and your palette with um, with each of the shows? Start with Treasure Island. What what became the sort of what's what, what's the thing you want to get across to the audience? Um, well, the the secret with Treasure Island, we have this terrific set that is two basically two platforms with walls behind them. We call them the rib wall because it, it really ribbing and light can shoot through them. And the idea was that I had to come up with ideas that would be extremely flexible because the set, the director and the scene designer can put the set in any given place they want. No matter how much we sort of storyboard it or plan it ahead of time, if the director says, okay, pivot both of those walls in two feet, it's going to be completely different for the way we light it. So I planned to put all of our moving lights in places that I knew, no matter how they turned the set, those moving lights would be useful. They're the most expensive lights we own, and if they're not in a position that you can use them, it's like wasting money. Sure. So I had to really understand the geometry of how these turntables turned so that wherever I put our most expensive lights, they could always be used. So that was, and that's a technical thing, but reality with the turntable set, you have to have the most flexibility. Excellent. Uh, how about Midsummer? Midsummer was uh, dealing with this famous concept that, other than in Athens, it's basically all at night. So I really, and I knew the director would use the entire stage at all times. I knew that it wasn't about moving light specials or it wasn't about isolated moments. Uh, the show itself is just broad and it's all over the map. So I had to be able to develop a scheme of having basically a night look all over the stage so that any given moment the director could have somebody run to stage right and they were going to be well lit. And it's just technical. They have to be well lit. Yeah, it, you have to be able no to matter, see them. No matter what you think of it, it's still a comedy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a comedy. It can't be dark and gloomy and people in the shadows. I mean, yes, it is at night. But the point is, it's still a comedy. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned Guys and Dolls being the, you know, the, the modern musical with a classic story. What are your, what's sort of your design anchor point for that one? That, um, once again, we had a lot of scenery that comes and goes. So the, I, the concept was to be able to isolate, but have the isolation always bright and colorful and being able to use the backdrop. Jason has designed a beautiful skyline of New York, but it's always there. So you have to figure, well, how many variations can I get out of basically a gray drop with buildings painted on it? So it needs to change a lot of colors and I've got to make it look different for all the different scenes. You talked about moving lights before, uh, which are a relatively new addition to uh, art. I mean, we've used them for a number of years, but I think in terms of like into theater, the idea of having lots more automation and moving lights. How much do you feel like, and you talked about LEDs and the whole color scheme changing, how much do you feel like uh, has changed over the last 20 or 30 years in terms of design and, and the, the technical abilities of machinery to you know, put different kinds of light on the stage? How has that affected you as a designer? Well, it's made, it's made my life much easier. I mean, I always tell young designers, I wish that the designers that mentored me and then I assisted in my youth, were alive now so they could experience the joy of the equipment we have now. Because when I was starting out, you know, we used to have 500 watt lights and if you were really lucky, if you were really an important designer, you could get some 1000 watt lights. 
and you know back then the gels would you know you have to think about how dark of a gel could you use because the gels would burn out and now you know gels are the uh, the, the, the color. plastic color that goes in front right. of the light that makes the light change yeah, color, the color yeah. filters and uh, and now we have you know led fixtures that put the most beautiful saturated blue on the stage and i just wish wish my mentors had these tools at their disposal. I know they're all in the great sky, you know. <laughs> you know the great uh, light booth beyond. Exactly. Um, but the, the thing is with modern equipment and all these moving lights, you have to learn how to harness them because it's very easy to make flash and trash and to move the lights and to you know, flash them or to you know, have them move around the stage. The harder part is being subtle about them so that someone doesn't walk away and say, oh, I saw those lights. Well, they were just always moving and flashing. And the, the secret is to harness them so that they match the taste level of the show. That's the hardest part. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, one uh, sort of final series of questions. The uh, Looking at your... Um bio you've, you've worked on your website you've worked a lot of places and a lot of different kinds of things and I was struck by how many ballets um, ballet companies and symphony symphonic companies you've worked for talk to us a little bit about the differences in designing uh, for theater whether it's Broadway off-Broadway or regional theater and what it's like to design for uh, if, if it's different at all to design for ballet or symphony the uh, the ballet uh, lighting ballets are really it's a great a great joy for me and I love I love watching dancers and I love lighting dancers um, lighting a ballet is not much different than lighting a musical um, I mean on any project I always start with side light uh, and then the back light and then add in the front light uh, with ballet you always start with more side light uh -huh. um, and you don't need as much front light but the minute you don't have it the director choreographer or the person that's staging the ballet is gonna say I can't see their faces so the old adage, oh, if you're doing ballet, you only need side light. It's not true. It's what? Not true. So for people who may not understand that sort of technicalities of light, what does side light versus front or back light do differently in terms of the way, it, the way that it lights an actor or a dancer? The side light totally sculpts the body and gives it that really three-dimensional quality that, that you want to see. It's like it features every aspect of, of every muscle, every nuance of an arm turn, where front light just flattens it out and that's what you don't want. Side light and backlight sculpts the body in space and gives them that that glow. Makes them more three-dimensional. Makes them very three-dimensional three and it just it lights every muscle, every ripple, every beautiful ripple of the body that you want to see. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're so excited uh, for our shows to open. You know, by the, as we record this, we're getting into tech, and Kirk's uh, work is starting on the stage in even more earnest as we get into tech and dress rehearsals, and we're so excited to see uh, your work alive on the stage in the Randall Jones Theater. Thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Play On Podcast. Be sure to listen to our past episodes online at bard.org, and remember to tune in every other Friday to listen to your favorite actors, designers, and scholars from the 2017 season and beyond. 